Welcome to Classroom Success 101 Podcast Show. I'm your host, Josh Roos, the Hardcore Behaviorist, and I'm here to help you overcome those problems you're experiencing every day. You're listening to a master audio class, so put your positive thinking caps on and get ready for another lesson on how to achieve greatness within your classroom. For show notes, make sure you check out our website at hardcorebehaviors.com forward slash podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube at Hardcore Behaviors. Also, make sure you check out our Hardcore Behaviors Teacher Pay Teacher Store for our helpful digital downloads. And join our Facebook group, Educators United, to help education continue to thrive during these tough times we are facing when schools are closed throughout the country due to the coronavirus. By joining Educators United, we encourage you to upload free online educational resources to help educate our students from a distance. Another episode of Classroom Success 101. Uh, Today we have a guest host, uh, Joseph Dickinson. He will be talking to us about positive behavior intervention support teams, how does that look on a campus, and first day of school procedures. So, Joseph, uh, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, hello there. Um, good evening. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, Josh, just want to say thank you. I've been following you on Instagram probably about a year now. When um, my co-host and I, Garrett Henson, first got into the podcast world, um, so we just, my wife had told us to, if we wanted to gain some followers, we needed to get on social media and I found you and you're just names really stuck out to me. Um, your tag on or your handle on Instagram. So but anyways, yeah, PBS, um, I've been teaching for over five years now. I taught in high school at Tennessee. Now I teach middle school in St. Louis. Okay. Um, you can find us. Uh, we also have a podcast. It's uh, my best friend from high school, well, the town we grew up in. Um, he teaches uh, college English. Um, but what we do is we have podcasts, two guys in a classroom. You can find us on anywhere, iTunes, Spotify, Auto, Audio Boom. Um, and also you can find us on Instagram, two guys in a classroom. So Awesome. Yep. Uh, oh, okay. All right. Well, um, today we were going to look at uh, talking about PBIS. And, uh, you know, you, you said earlier you uh, you came from high school, then you went to a middle school. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I taught for a year and a half. I was really blessed. Um, I was going to graduate in the middle of December or in December. And any educator knows that getting a job is really hard that time of year. But I went to my counselor at school and she was like, look, I may actually have a spot for you at the school. I'm going to put you there soon teaching. So I was lucky to student teach there. And then the lady I was under, my mentor, she actually was leaving in December to relocate to Alabama. So they, she molded me. She was like, I'm going to mold you into what they want. That way you can have the job. Mm-hmm. So it worked out great. So I was there for a year and a half um, teaching high school, mostly juniors, a few seniors who may have not, may not have taken U.S. history. Um, so then my wife's originally from St. Louis. So we decided we wanted to move back. Um, so I was going to change the pace and pretty much I was willing to accept any job. Um, I'd always wanted to teach in an urban environment. Um, I remember in college as um, corny and cheesy as it sounds, we had to watch the Ron Clark story uh, with the Matthew Perry 
uh, version. And I just always thought it was a really neat story. And I really wanted to give that a shot and teach in an urban community. So I did. Uh, There was a school that had an opening. So I took it and it was middle school. And I was like, good, you know, I'll be working with kids. I had always said I never wanted to teach middle school that I only liked high school, but desperate needed a job. So I was like, this is great. I did not understand the need for procedures in the middle school level. Uh, we had to sit in a new teacher seminar and a, the lady who had become the co- teaching coach at the middle school I worked at had like said the importance of it. And it went in one year out the other. I had had a great year and a half at the high school. I wasn't worried about it. And then the first day came. Um, I was not prepared at all. I had expectations down, you know, I, run a tight ship like that but as far as like teaching students how to come into my classroom um, teaching students you know this is what we're going to do if we want to use a restroom this is what we're going to do if we have a question this is what we're going to do if you know we if you need to sharpen your pencil i just was under this assumption that they all knew it Mm -hmm. and so with that i assumed wrong and we all know what assuming does (laughs) exactly so fast forward two weeks, I'm sitting, I'm, I'm ready to quit, man. I, I am miserable. I'm not happy. Um, I'm blaming the kids and you know, it's all them. It's I, of course, I'm not in the wrong. It's, it's them, not me. So, exactly. So I'm sitting in the teaching room and, or the, with the teaching coach and she's just looking at me and, you know, I'm just biting my tongue and she's like, you know, I feel like you want to say something, but you're not going to say it. So if you have something to say, say it. I just, I let loose. I was blamed it all on the kids, you know, blah, blah, blah. Kids this, they don't want to learn. Um, blah, blah, blah. It's a waste of my time. I didn't get a degree for this, all that. And so then she asked me, so what are your procedures? You're talking this, that they need to fix this. They need to fix this, fix that. But what are your procedures for how your students need to come in the classroom? And I was like, well, they should just know they're eighth graders. They should know that she goes, mm, you would think, but they don't. She was like, if you let them run in your room, they're going to run in your room. Exactly. She was like, you lost the first day. That's gone. She said, it's two weeks. She said, they have ran your room. And it was crazy. Um, Literally, I had a, there was a game of tag in my room during those two weeks. Like, there was literally a game of three students playing tag. Um, It was bad. And so, she was like, gave me a list. She goes, she said, here's five things. Coming in the room, asking a question, to get up out of your seat to do this, she says, give me five things that they need to do, write them out, and just teach it to the kids. She said, do not. She said, make them walk in your room how you want them to walk into it. So I had two options once we had this come to Jesus meeting, for better words. Um, <laughs> I could go with her advice, use the five procedures that we had just written down, or I could just keep blaming the kids. So I'll, my thought process was it can't get any worse. <laughs> exactly. So I went with, and like, they, they picked up on it. Like, Whoa, okay. This guy, all right. He does mean business. So mm-hmm. now with that, it wasn't a quick fix over. It wasn't an overnight fix. It literally probably took me. Um, it was probably the end of August, mid September, when that all went down and then things still weren't better, but I can literally remember the week that it was in mid October, October. It was like the weekend week of October 15th, that Monday and Tuesday, things were just spiraling. They were not getting any better. And I just sat down and I just looked at him. I said, I can sit here and babysit if y'all want, but 
Like I, I can do that. It's not an issue. I'll get paid. Like I, I've, I did it. I said those stuff, you know, that we are told to never say I did it. Yeah. Um, but then literally I, I swear that the kids finally just gave up, gave up on running me off. And they were just like, okay, fine. We'll sit here and do what you want us to do. Teach just yeah. whatever. And, and this uh, student, um, he literally, I was helping them, prepping them for the quiz. And a student was like, why are you doing this? And the kid just said to me, said, cause he's trying to help us. And like, and literally from then on, um, it was a totally different game changer. Um, what helped me also was the principal actually gave me free reign to plan any field trip I wanted to. So we went everywhere that year. Oh, wow. But, oh, yeah. I built a lot of relationships that year. Just wow. like, hey, That's pretty I, awesome. When she gave me free, because she was like, Dickinson, these kids don't get to go anywhere. She yeah. said, unless we take them, they don't get to see anything. So, yes, take them out. So, um but that was the thing, too, that I learned with an urban community, especially with those students, because they're so used to seeing stu- uh, teachers leave. Mm-hmm. You may start August 15th, but about October 30th is when they actually start to trust you. Yeah, yeah, it takes a while. So, but yeah, um, so fast forwarding now, um, there was a video we had to watch in that professional development. Um, I'm going to pull it up on YouTube. I apologize. I can never remember this guy's name, but. He's on YouTube, and his name, uh, the video is just called Setting the Tone. Setting the Tone, okay. Uh, I'm going to pull it up. It's all good. More resources for for teachers out there to to listen and and see how many value bombs or gold nuggets they can get from it. I I still use this one. Anytime I talk to a new teacher, I always pull this one up. Um, so it doesn't tell the name on the YouTube video, but it's activity to be setting the tone from day one. Um, basically, it's this uh, teacher. He's a math teacher. And he um, just tells like in his video, you know, you set the tone for the day. And his thing is, when you walk in my room, if you talk, we all do it again. Like, basically, you're as strong as your weakest link. So if one student talks, you all do it again. And when you come in his room, he wants it to be quiet. So now that's how I start off my day. Um, every first day of school, that's how we do it in my class. Um, my students say I'm a drill sergeant, and most of them will tell you that they hate me the first two weeks because they're just like, all you do is say too easy and make us go back outside. But then then they'll tell you after the two weeks, they figure out I'm just a big teddy bear. Um, <laughs> but the but I mean, they just know like, and if something isn't right, like I don't have to, by setting that tone the first day in the first week, you don't have to go and just redrill. Like I always have a thing. If I have to reteach something as far as expectations, I'll lose a day of teaching instead of basically a month of having to just redirect and redirect and redirect. So, Oh yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it's middle school is like that. Um, you know, right now I'm, I'm teaching sixth grade students and, uh, you know, first, first day procedures, what I, I ended up coming in in the middle, um, of, the year to teach social skills for a sixth grade class. Um, I have four periods of teaching social skills and, you know, the person that was doing it before just didn't have any expectations or anything. So, um, you know, coming in, it's still, I mean, it's still a struggle. I mean, I'm still going back over expectations and things like that. Um, But I mean, it's just one of those things. Otherwise, if you don't, then, you know, you get to the point where the class just continues to do whatever they want to do. And, you know, you've lost total control of your classroom at that point. So now I get where you're coming from. Well, it's like, uh, 
I've in previous month or not months on previous uh, school that I worked at, they had no control of a classroom because it was a, literally what you were saying, but it wasn't the classroom. I apologize. It was the cafeteria. Oh, wow. And, and so when we would have to do like, if I would get pulled into cafeteria duty, I would just be like, you guys have no control. And I'm just, the teachers that are filling in right now are here to pick up the pieces. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. just set you up for failure. But I don't I, honestly, by seeing it though, I'm just like, we should really have a full-blown PBIS first day of school lesson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that being said, um, one of the tools that I, I still preach, I mean, is that PBIS. Uh, that, that is a big, um, you know, component to um, schools. I, I feel like that is the heart of behavior RTI at its um, finest right there. So um, with that being said, uh, you wanted to talk about PBIS. So what's your experience with uh, PBIS and and what do y'all typically do on y'all's campuses? So um, I've worked at two when I first heard about it. Well, I guess technically it would have been college, but everything gets brain dumped out of college until you actually get in the classroom. You don't learn anything. Mm-hmm. But exactly. um, So the same lady who, you know, the procedures and the, uh, teaching coach, uh, which is really funny because we hated each other the first two months of that school year, but now she could call me for anything and I would be there and vice versa. She's a mentor. Okay. She actually got me my new job where I'm at now, but anyway, so she had approached me towards around April of that school year. And she said, Hey, I'm calling in a favor. You owe me one. I was like, I definitely owe you one. So what do you need? (laughs) And so she was like, I need you on a committee. I was like, okay, what committee? And she was like, the PBIS. She gave me a, she had copied some, like an article about it. And she was like, I really feel like this could benefit our school. So yeah. I read up on it. And just what it stuck out to me is eventually the goal is to go from rewarding students for good behavior and doing the right thing to eventually not having to, they just know automatically. So that was kind of a hook for me. And, and also, you yes the the running joke for the beginning of time is that teachers you know we don't do it for the money um but it helps so just the idea of hey let's reward kids for doing the right thing because your time and energy has to go into i don't like to say accommodating but you know making you put a lot of energy into the students who have behavior issues oh yes and so you so the kids who don't necessarily need all that love and attention they they get thrown to the side. So mm-hmm. this way you can kind of, you can do both. You can reward those kids and get them on the right path who need that tier two or tier level tier three intervention. And then the tier one students get recognized for doing the right thing as well. Excuse me. So that's what really drew me in. Um, so at that school, we started the committee. Um, we were meeting in the summer. We were meeting all the time, um, doing lessons, doing videos and just t- it really, it, we got lucky because the teaching coach was the head of the committee. So she was willing to kind of go face to face with the administration on, Hey, y'all need to do this. Um, because it can be uncomfortable, you know, for a teacher to tell their boss, like, Hey, even though you guys would rather us be in the classroom, these students need to know this lesson. Yes. Yeah, and, yeah. and so she was like, I'm retired. I'm a teaching coach. I don't care. They can fight. They can send me to another building. I do not care. So she yeah. would have those uncomfortable. We were lucky. She would have those uncomfortable conversations. And so that was, she would just really drive it home um, with them. Like, and 
she went to battle as far as the first day of school. Like, look, you need to have an all first day lesson. Take these students everywhere. Get take them from not just the classroom. They need to know how to walk down the hallways. They need to know how to get on the bus and get off the bus. They need to know how to act in the cafeteria. They need to know how to act everywhere. Mm-hmm. So, so that's where it started. And then that would eventually turn into not only the first day of school, but also the first day after coming back from winter break. Yeah, exactly. And then um, it would be weekly lessons. Um, it would turn into um, just PBIS day, which was Wednesday. Um, we would do Viking bucks and they had a Viking uh, PBIS store where they could actually go cash in the stuff. And just a side note that we, I still think it's funny is that the, um, we started off making our candy and chips, like the cheaper items in the store and the pencils and the like folders and the notebooks, like the more expensive things. And then we noticed that none of the pencils and stuff were ever getting bought, but the, we were running out of candy. So it was just like very first time mistake of running a store. So we realized that we had to flip flop and actually make the chips and candy actually worth something. Um, <laughs> so, but eventually they started buying pencils cause that's all they could buy. So it looked yeah. out. Um, <laughs> So yeah, it was really it was well it was ran really efficient. Um, let's see, and then we would keep building off of that. But then the teaching uh, coach she would eventually get a job at a different school, um, and I would come on with her a year. Uh, it was a year later, but now at the school we're at now, she, uh, she the program was already there, but she became on the committee. So naturally, when I joined the school, she was like, "Hey, I got a committee for you," and I was like, "I bet you do." So, so I joined that committee, um, and I still do. My goal, my long-term goal is to hopefully be a dean of discipline one day. So I feel that this is this is a good start for me. And mm-hmm. so um, the they, it's a lot of the same stuff. Um, they did a whole first day uh, last year. Um, it wasn't as in-depth this year as, I, as last year, but it was still good. But the um, – they don't really focus on as a school. We don't focus on the rewarding, like with the here, they're called Phoenix bucks. We don't focus on them as hard. And I think that's the biggest challenge is just as a school, getting everybody to buy in with that. Yeah. Um, like it, we're a middle school and a high school all in one building. So high schoolers really don't care about that. Like they're just like, yeah. all right, neat. Um, and even when, you know, seventh and eighth graders, they're like, eh, I'm a little too old for that. Like, but your sixth graders love them. They love yeah. them so much that we actually found out high schoolers were selling their Phoenix Bucks to sixth graders. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. That, <laughs> so they really bought in. And so that was good. I was like, well, you know, if it means that much to you. So, yeah. but one thing that this school really focuses on that I love is um, they do quarterly incentives. Um, and so the, it's kind of broken up into two things. You got your, well, actually, it's monthly and quarterly. So they do a minor system. Um, but the minors, you know, you could get a minor for being tardy, a minor for, you know, disrupting your class. Pretty much, it's something that, like, yes, you're late for class. No, you don't need a referral, but there definitely needs to be some kind of consequence documented. So mm-hmm. after three minors, you know, you get a phone call home. Uh, six is a lunch detention, nine is an after school, and then 12, 12 is a referral. So with that, if you get five or less minors, you get to go to the monthly incentive. The monthly incentive could be a movie. Um, last, let's, January was uh, hot cocoa and get to play on the foosball and ping pong table. 
Now, to our eighth graders, that's the luxury because that's only for high school. High school, okay. so they felt like the big dogs on campus. So it doesn't have to be all out. Um, just something so that we're rewarding the kids for doing the right thing. Gotcha. And then, uh, the, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, in the quarterly incentive, we usually take them to a two-part field trip. Um, the first part's educational, and then the second part, um, like some fun activity for them. Uh, that that sounds. Uh, that that's actually uh, some of the best I've heard. I know, um, I know a, a local elementary. They did the monthly um, party, which they brought in like you know jump uh, jump houses and things like that. But this is for fourth and fifth grade. Um, I know some of the middle schools that I've been involved with. Like right now, I mean PBIS is definitely not a big thing on their menu, and it's. It's hard to uh, be able to um, push because it's something that you have to have complete buy-in. Um, yep. And you, you know, it's. I would say if you get the opportunity to join a PBIS team, do it. I mean, that's going to be a very good um, piece for any teacher to start understanding, um, basically, behavior RTI. I mean, that's a number one concern for a lot of teachers when they're in the field. And it's, I like, I, I took a graduate level course on uh, PBIS and that's when I first got introduced to um, how that rolled out. And I, I love it. I mean, it's, it's something that I believe every school needs to um, partake in. Um, and, you know, there, it's just sitting down and, and, and figuring out, you know, basically, each area of your school, what are the expectations? Like you said, um, taking those kids around and uh, at the very beginning of the school and, and uh, you know, do that throughout the school year. Um, I, I love the, the, um, the rewards and the, the minors and things like that. Um, you know, and, and again, uh, PBIS is one of those things that, uh, you know, principals have to be on board. I mean, it has to be, it's a complete system change within the school. So, um, you know, what is, uh, what, when you first started for people out there that are like interested in starting uh, a PBIS team, what are some suggestions that you have for, for people that are like, ah, we don't have a PBIS team. What do we do? What, what, what do we need to do to get one started? Well, first, um, when Gina Belmore um, found her committee, she got people, she got educators from, and, and staff from all she get, cause where we were at, we were at seventh and eighth grade center. It was a middle school, but it was just seventh and eighth grade. She had teachers from different grades, seventh and eighth. She had elective teachers. That way she could have their say on things. She even had a counselor, she just had different people in the building. It wasn't like just a set group of people. Um, but another thing is crazy. She had people who were very positive. <laughs> like um, she needed people that like weren't necessarily like uh, negative about everything. She needed people that was already positive and wanted to see a change in the school. Exactly. Um, and that's a key piece for anybody starting is you got to have the positive uh positive people on the team negativity and, will kill <laughs> yes i mean it's in the name i mean it's so um, yeah open-minded definitely people positive people open-minded people and people who want to see a change mm -hmm. um 
if they're going to be negative, they're just going to bring the group down, and nobody nobody wants that on any team. I don't care if it's PBIS or you know the data team for the school. So yeah. So with that, so she got a group of all different, all different paths at that school, and she brought us all together. Um, we sometimes she even and like the incentive for us was to go to a happy hour, and so. So with that, we would all come in and she just, she did a, like a Socratic circle that way everybody felt equal. And she just explained what it was. Um, first, if I was, if someone pointed me, if I was at a school, who didn't have a committee and the principal came to me and said, I need you to start a committee. I would find at least two to three people who I knew would be on the team, mm-hmm. do that, get them on board, get them to maybe find one more person. But another thing, like you had said, is getting an administrator. You got to have an administrator who's on board to back you up because they've got the district office harping on them about test scores. Mm -hmm. And so all they're they're hearing is, I don't have time for students to learn how to walk up and down a hallway um, when they need to be learning about algebra. So you got to have an administrator who's on board, get them on your side, and that is the key. Um, Mm -hmm. And I mean, and that's the thing, it's, it is, uh, you know, people who are listening, you, you got to understand the, the average amount of time it takes for an office referral for a, 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 a kid to go see a principal and deal with that is 20 minutes. I mean, that's 20, that's, that's the average amount. So that's 20 minutes of lost educational time. So and that's being generous, like exactly. 20 minutes. It's, I mean, I've seen students literally had to sit outside the principal's office because they're involved and the 20 minutes, like you said, 20 minutes is the average and that's just being generous. Exactly. And I mean, I, I can't, you know, as a behavior specialist, I can't tell you how many times, uh, you know, you, you go in and you, you have, you have a behavior program and that's typically going to be at tier three um, type of program, but it's, it's like you go in and, and you're, you're assigned to write functional behavior assessments or you're assigned to go observe teachers. And I mean, it is, it, it's, it's very um, difficult to go in and write these plans up when there is no tier one interventions being done either school-wide or in the classroom. And I, I think it's not a teacher not knowing what to do. I think it's just not expected on a campus or, um, that there's no like PBIS and, and that's why I'm a firm believer in the PBIS system is because it gives, it gives teachers a foundation of a, like a starting point. Um, you know, cause uh, some teachers struggle to do any kind of reinforcement systems within their classrooms. And it's like, well, Hey man, at least you got some kind of, you know, Phoenix books or, or, or something to start with. And then we'll build from there. Um, so definitely PBIS is one of those things that, um, is a, is a go-to. Um, I, I think, you know, it, I, I think there's going to be a lot of work up front because you do have to define all those areas in the school and, uh, you know, put the expectations there. And then, um, you know, a lot of it's, uh, going around and, and, and putting posters up and, um, you know, uh, like the bathroom area, what, what mm-hmm. the expectations there, cafeteria, hallway. Um, and, and those, those are things that, 
Um, you know, it may cost a little bit of money up front to get that stuff, but I mean, it's one of those things that it, it, it it's a must. You know, um, I always look at look think of PBIS expectations up through your your school as as signs and 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 uh, like when you're driving down the road. I mean, you got you got stop signs, you got red lights, you got green lights, you got yield signs. Those are all expectations of how you navigate on a road system and and that's how um your the school needs to be designed as well as the uh the 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 classroom uh you know on that end because otherwise these kids will come in your classroom and they'll they'll bring other people's expectations in there so uh it all needs to be well defined out so i mean it's like what we said earlier with you know, me not having those expectations in my room. Um, so the kids came in and caused chaos. Exactly. Exactly. If you don't have that for your school, they're going to do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that's, that's upfront and it, it has to be, has to be taught. But one of the big things that I see with PBIS committees or teams, um, they start, you know, as the year goes on, they, they start off strong and then they dwindle out. Um, and, and that, that PBIS committee, I feel like that PBIS committee needs to be as important as the, uh, um, the leadership, uh, development or the leadership committees on campus. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a, a number one I've seen where the PBIS committees kind of determine, well, Hey, let's, let's throw luncheons for teachers, which is great, but if the PBIS committee continues to be just, you know, some kind of luncheon or, or something fun for teachers, we're missing the point there. Um, that would be a social committee. That's what it turned into. It, it, exactly. And, and, and I've seen that happen. I mean, I've seen really good ones and I've seen not so good ones. Um, you know, one of the things with it, can you speak some on data? Like if we're if sure. we're going to uh, PBIS committee, what what is the sole purpose when we meet uh, once a month on the PBIS committee? Well, um, so I'm actually going to backtrack before we get to data. Um, I'll do data, but I actually was going to talk about the burnout of okay, okay. PBIS committees because that happened with our committee. Um, it's like you said, you start off strong and then, you know, it just kind of starts to dwindle out. People aren't coming to the meetings. Be, like we meet in the mornings and, you know, people kind of like, oh, I forgot, quote unquote, because, you know, they're tired. They got a lesson plan. They've got to do this. They've got to get projects ready. They've got a million other things. And now it's just one more meeting. So I guess I'm Miss um, Collins. That's the name of the head of our committee. I think she just proposed that, hey. We've got different, com- we've got committees inside the PBIS committee. We've got the data uh, committee for high school. We've got a data committee for middle school. They're mm-hmm. going to meet on this day. The whole entire committee does not have to meet every Thursday at 710. So, yeah, we're- yeah. so what she did was two times a month, the whole committee meets other days of the month. That's different committee. She was like, people where she said, we're going to be burned out. And exactly. we're st- so that's a big thing to help with that is to stop from burnout is yes, it is important to meet, but if you meet every 
like I was getting burned out. I was like, I'm getting tired of this. I I don't know how much I can keep going. So when they did that, it was like an answer to my prayer. So I, I highly recommend not meeting every, every other week. I know that some people will have a different opinion than me and say, yes, we need to meet all the time. I'm like, this is not how you're going to keep people on the committee. People are going to get burned out. Mm-hmm. So don't do that. But now data. Um, we use the data for our PBIS lessons. So what we do is they look at the high school data of referrals and minors and middle school, same deal. And they see where are the issues at. So if, for example, a big issue is skipping class. So that's what we make our lessons on. Um, okay. it, so if we've got students who are skipping class, we make the lesson geared toward what is the importance of being in class? Um, maybe it's talking like that's the main purpose of our data anyways, for what we use it for what we find out what the issue is, whether it's disrespectful towards teachers, skipping class. And then we gear our PBIS lessons toward like not skipping class, respecting your elders, respecting yourself, respecting everybody around you. Um, and for those of you who may not be familiar with the PBIS lesson, that's literally teaching students how to do the expected behavior. Um, that's a whole different committee, actually. It's uh, actually, it's not even a committee. It's one guy. Um, shout out to Mr. Dinwiddie. He uh, makes all the PBIS lessons. And so every Monday we teach the lesson to start off the school week with doing the PBIS lesson. And that's what it is. You, however, he comes up with different ways. It could be in a, like a actual role playing um it could be writing stuff down it could be doing a venn diagram different things like that where the teacher actually has to teach the lesson to the student on what the expected behavior in the school is okay and uh let me let me uh, ask you a real quick question on that you since it is middle school is that quick is it or how long is that lesson is that going to take like 10 minutes or 15 minutes um, 10 to 15. Um, he jokes okay. a lot. Um, he, it's actually for middle school and high school. Um, I, I think everybody tweaks it to make it work for them. Um, I like to do, um, circles. I don't, I'm not perfect at it. I don't do them every day. I'm not going to sit here and act like I do, but I try to. And that's how we usually start our PBIS lesson in my room. And we sit there and do a circle. We talk about our weekend with my students, see how they're doing that morning. Um, kind of get a feel for how their weekend was. And we'll kind of branch off and do the PBIS lesson with that. Um, some high schooler teachers will tell you, you know, it's just easier for them to talk about it. Some high school teachers will tell you, I don't do it. And I'm just like, oh, I wish you would. And yeah. it's like, they're just like, look, man, I, they're like, I don't have to. I have a really good uh, yeah. homeroom. I just don't have to. I'm like, yeah, but, it, you know, he puts a lot of time into that lesson. <laughs> exactly so okay that's so y'all I, have a home room that y'all can do that in so yeah it helps um i've worried my when i was at the school before this you just did it during your classing period you lost 10 to 15 minutes of that lesson big deal it'll be there to, the next day exactly exactly so um how long is y'all's uh, class period typically um the advisory is uh, 30 minutes from eight o'clock to eight 30. So, okay. and, and I use uh, different things. Like we may do the lesson. I usually tell them, you know, like, Hey, we're going to finish my lesson. I'm doing my PBS lesson. You can talk and be disrespectful and wait. It's your time, but we're going to finish my lesson one way or the other. And they're just, <laughs> they usually want to get through it because they haven't done their homework for the weekend. So they want to get that over with. Yeah. 
so that makes that makes a lot of sense. So uh, people out there, uh, definitely, um, man, y'all y'all are uh, going above and beyond on the uh, PBIS, which is awesome because those lessons need to be taught weekly. Uh, I think that's something that um, you know I, I've seen some schools where it's like, well, we we come back from the holidays, we'll go back over our lesson. And it's like, man, that I mean, you're not. It's not a it's not a common language within the school um, for a lot of these kids or teachers. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that I, I, I see it in our school. Um, it, it's, it's, I think a lot of the times we got administration um, that want to do a lot more consequences mm-hmm. um, than, you know, set this PBIS uh, team up. Um, I, I think this is a critical piece to any school. Um, and if your schools are struggling within uh, with behavior, uh, I would say if I was a consultant for coming into the school system, that's the very first thing I'd be looking for. Um, you know, wh- where are the problems at? What wh- what's what's the main cause of the problems? Because if you if you dig if you dig deeper, you will find the data that is causing those problems. I know. Um, you know, a lot of it's uh, referrals. I, know, I, I remember we, we talked about referrals and, and how many referrals. I mean, you, if you get a, a whole lot of referrals um, per per semester or, or per, per six weeks or whatever your grading periods are, I mean, that's that's intense. I mean, who, who mm-hmm. are those teachers that are doing that? And maybe those teachers are struggling um, when it comes to classroom management and as administrator – those are probably the teachers that we need to sit down and, and, and train up so that we, we're cutting those referral rates out. So, yeah, I just to kind of go off of that, I always say, because I was doing the data at one point for the minors and I was just noticing, like, you can tell, like, and it was starting to show, like, two, two things would happen with teachers who gave minors or with who had an, a, like an abundance of minors. One, they just were really setting the tone in their classroom and just were really going with that. I'm going to run a tight ship mm-hmm. or they just had terrible classroom management. So I went to the principal. I was like, can you please talk to some of these teachers? And she was like, what are you talking about? I said, I said, look, they're, they're taking the easy road. And she was like, what yeah. do you mean? And I was like, they're just giving a minor. I said, why aren't they calling home? Why aren't they talking to these students outside in the hallway? Maybe reteaching some stuff instead of just, I'm going to give you a minor because that's the easy thing that saves me time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and that's the thing. I mean, everybody got to get on board with that 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 PBIS um, system that when it's ran in your in your school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know there's a lot of people out. Well, like I know there's people that come in and coach those uh, coach PBIS, um, and they they basically you know do year one, tier one, year two, mm-hmm. tier two, and year three. I, I, I don't know. I, I, me, I mean, I guess I, here's my thing with you. Is I, I feel like within the first year, depending on where you're at, I feel like, you know, it is crucial to get, like, expectations and, and those Tier 1, Tier 2 um, interventions on campus being ran. Um, I think Tier 3 is a little bit, um, you know, I think when you, you start looking at behavior interventions at Tier 3, that's going to look at, other behavior programs that will require, um, you know, more manpower and things like that. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I've, I've been a firm believer that the, the number one thing that needs to be 
put out as soon as possible is, you know, your expectations and those things being taught. I mean, y'all, y'all are doing an awesome job, especially you getting out of lesson once a week. Um, hey, Ben Dinwiddie, I'm telling you, man, he's the he's the man. <laughs> I mean, that that that's that's amazing because I, I've not uh, seen that. Well, you know, of course, I don't get to travel the the United States looking at schools, but I know the schools that I've worked in. Um, man, it's 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 sometimes it's a struggle. I mean, you you one one school. You know, even in just one district, one school will, will make that program amazing, and then you go to the next school, and it is completely – nobody even knows what PBIS is. Like, so um, I think a lot of it is it's based off your administration team. Um, but, you know, I, I think PBIS is just like how we have um, RTI um, intervention times and things like that is, you know, it's it's kind of like – Look, the kid, the the students are struggling when it comes to behavior. So we got to teach those expectations. We got to teach their students how and what the behavior looks like. Um, you know, it's like writing a student up because the the kid doesn't know sub- addition or subtraction. It just doesn't make sense. So, um, but I mean that that's uh, you know you 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 laid out a really good foundation on that PBIS. Uh, committee and I appreciate that. Uh, Absolutely. I appreciate you coming on tonight. Uh, Thank you for having If you know someone who needs to hear this, share it with them, send them a text message, a DM, an email, put it on all your social media platforms and tag me at Hardcore Behaviors. Also, keep the five-star reviews coming over on iTunes. It helps teachers find the show so they get an opportunity to make the decision to grow as well.